2: There's been a lot of storylines coming out of Ukraine. Of course, there was sort of a counter-offensive and a couple thousand squ- square miles have been regained by Ukraine from Russia in Ukraine. And then overnight, uh, we get re- reports Russia uh, bombed a dam, flooding out a whole area, so it's more infrastructure attacks. And also, um, President Volodymyr Zelensky got in a car accident, which I find very strange. But I, I want to talk about this stuff Originally, we wanted Professor Matthew Smith uh, from the University of New Haven to come on to talk about the gains that Ukraine has made. But then we have some overnight news. Professor, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I, I guess I want to start with the news. I mean, it's I, I don't know. A lot of times there are headlines, you know, like when the chairman of the board of Luke Oil, you know, jumps out a window. You 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 yeah. sort of know why, what's going on there and with all the all the the wealthy folks in Russia who have met their untimely death in the last year is quite stunning. But when I hear the president of Ukraine got in a car accident, that makes me feel like there was something else going on. Because if you're in some sort of motorcade or you're the president, there's security. I'm wondering if there was an attempt on his life or something like that, or is it just some weird random accident?
0: I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. What we've seen from the open source reporting is that it was it was an accident uh, you know on the road. I'm sure if it's not we'll hear some things Lately, I was I was struck uh, watching the video of him in his zoom uh, Coming down a set of stairs with his you know, his security coming around him and just watching The movement and the body language and how they kind of flowed around him and took up positions. Uh, I was impressed and the first thought I had was that looks like US training, right? It looks like what you see the Secret Service huh. doing. so so my, my gut tells me that uh, they're pretty good on the road um, and uh, and that this was an accident. Although, I, I agree, like, the question is open, right? Like, how, how do you hit a guy in a motorcade? Yeah. But he's also the kind of guy who's like, you know, let let him go past, let him go past, you know? And they're, they're in the end, not the same as we are in this case. Yeah, the other news
2: story was, you know, Russia hitting a, a dam, and I don't know what was flooded, but I think a town had to be evacuated. And it brings me to the largest question, is, and I do actually— Maybe I should put a pin on the damn question because it, it goes to my biggest question. Why don't we just take a step back to what we initially asked you to co- come on for, was the counteroffensive that has gained back all this territory. Can you just give us a sense of how stunning this is and how big a deal it might be?
0: Brian, seven months ago, six months ago and a few days, if you had asked most people in the world who the second most powerful military in the world was, Without a doubt, they would have said Russia. And now, if you take out the question of nuclear missiles, I don't know that people would say that anymore. Mm. This has been an absolutely stunning uh, war in terms of of how badly we have miscalculated Russian military capability. And the Ukrainians absolutely ripped the curtain off of that uh, with this counteroffensive. The, the performance of Russian troops on the ground, the performance of, and I think this is key, intelligence and strategic decision-making up the chain of command has just just been terrible. I, mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Like they, they, they miss things that they shouldn't have missed. Uh, they're not doing the basic kinds of tactical um, things that you need to do on the ground to resist this kind of uh, you know, counteroffensive when it happens. And and it can just go on and on and on. It's it's absolutely stunning. I don't think it can be underestimated.
2: You know, when I think about this, and I think about Russia's history, and when their backs are against the wall, uh, there's there's no tougher. I mean, it's I'm being I'm generalizing, but I mean, it, you know, obviously we know what happened in World War II, and 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 that makes me think, Professor Schmidt, Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven. To me, it's about a will, right? I mean, to me, this is about. A young country fighting to stay a country and a proud country. And it's about Russia where the rank and file people or soldiers probably don't care a whole lot about what is going on. And maybe that lack of, you know, inspiration, it has a lot to do with what's happening.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Look, you, you need the guns. You need the weapons, the things that we've been sending them. I think what's also been important in the counteroffensive and, and its timing is that you had a few thousand uh, troops that were, were trained on HIMARS and other high-end weapon systems coming back from uh, U.K. training and coming back from training with us. But even if you have all of that and you don't have will, if you don't know why you're fighting, then those weapons aren't going to turn the tide of the war. And the Ukrainians know why they're there. They're no, they know they know what they're sacrificing, um, their lives. The Russians don't. Mm-hmm. I go back to something you know, we talked about early, early on in the war, when uh, when the offensive against Kiev was stalling out, and everybody was talking about what's going on with the guns and the tactics, and and I think the things that people miss are that you know in in the minds of these 19, 20, 21 year old uh, Russian boys that are there, Ukraine is you know a place you go to meet girls, right. 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 Ukrainian girls, it's a, it's a thing like California girls. And then you put guns in their hands. You don't tell them why they're going someplace or where they're going someplace. And you say, shoot those people that you were thinking about, you know, going down and, and dating. Right. And having a good time on vacation with,
2: well,
0: you know, you and that changes everything. You, that's really hard to do. Really, really hard to do. And I think people need to keep that in mind here. It's not just about the guns.
2: Right. And I think that that's crucial. We're talking with Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080, which then I bring in this um, attack on the dam that flooded a town and forced an evacuation, because if you view it as Putin's war, right, this is something he wants. And he wants to just I mean, I've come to the conclusion he wants to destroy the country. He doesn't care about any Ukrainian people. He just wants the territory to be, you know, part of Russia. He's in a situation where you know, and again, I'm not going to bring up the option of nuclear weapons. We've talked about it multiple times, but I don't know what happens next because he's clearly fading in terms of the momentum here Europe's trying actually for the first time trying to actually reduce their exposure to Russian energy, and it could happen within the next you know twelve months, and so they will make less money from their energy and it looks like the West is still going to send money there so. What does he do now that he's, you know, we know what happens when you when you put someone like that in the corner. You know, they, they scratch and claw and do whatever they can to get out of it. So it makes me very nervous.
0: Um, we should be. Um, there are a couple things, though. For, for as bad as the offensive uh, was for the Russians, right, they're still going to get a, a counterpunch. So your enemy, your enemy is going to get a response. No matter how bad the Russians are in terms of, at this point, using, um, in many cases, second-rate equipment, uh, having really terrible morale for the most part in their ranks, they still have enough people that they can cobble together who have the will to fight to do real damage. They have more than enough equipment, even if it's second-grade equipment, to overwhelm the Ukrainians if they employ it right. So everybody needs to take a deep breath and celebrate the counteroffensive, Um, from Ukraine but this thing ain't over right and there's going to be another punch from the other side secondly this winter is is what Putin is playing for right now Hmm. he needs a breather he needs time to regroup and at the highest strategic level he's waiting to see if he can crack Europe's resolve it's going to be a cold winter in Europe they're not going to be able to replace all of the Russian gas or all of the Russian oil that they need to right now. So they're still going to have the Russians are still going to have that kind of lever point on it, and the prices for Europeans are going to go through the roof. And there's going to be a lot of political pressure on on uh, politicians in Europe to do something about that. Eventually, the problem is is we don't know when that is. We don't know if that happens in December or if that's just to happen in March. And the longer the Europeans can hold out. Right. The worse it is for Russia. But we just don't know the answer yet.
2: Yeah. You know, it strikes me that maybe we should we should have done some sort of Marshall plan for energy in Europe and just throwing everything we had at trying to supply them. But I mean, that's that would take a lot of action when we have our economies is in, in some trouble, too. But uh, we th- leaves plenty of topics for another day, Professor. Yeah, um, we we really appreciate the time. I mean, I you know, I learned something from every conversation. So thanks so much.
0: No worries. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh,
2: Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven joining Sarah here Brian and Company.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.